Hey everyone, it's your girl Nazami. I'm back with another episode. I hope everyone is doing well. This episode is entitled When Balance Knocks on Your Door. I know there's a lot going on out there right now with the whole virus going around. They say that it's about 600,000 in the world right now and counting. Um, so I know a lot of people are in fear and in panic and... I'm not, so I'm trying to, you know, be sensitive and understand that people are in different situations and also understand that a lot of people are not in a place of balance right now and that's what we all need to be striving for in life is balance and sometimes different situations come in our lives not only individually, but in our families, and our neighborhoods, but also in our country, in the world, that kind of wake us up to certain things and help to center us back to the balance that we need to be at. So I hope that this episode gives a different perspective, and this is not to say that there are not real things going on. There are people who are really sick, there are people who are out of work, there are people who are not really knowing when they're going to be back to work or they have to work from home now, so it's kind of throwing them off schedule. There's a lot of kids out of school, so now a lot of parents have to maneuver around that. So I'm not discounting that, and I also understand because even my job had to close, so there's a lot going on. But I'm confident that things will be okay, and I'm grateful that I'm not in a state of fear right now because I know that I deal with anxiety and things like that. So it's a blessing to not be in that state of anxiety at this point. So I'm hoping that I can spread some um, positivity your way and help, like I said, to give a different perspective. So I have like three points that I wanted to discuss and then I'm going to kind of tie it all back to how I believe it relates to the virus that's going on and the many different challenges that are being experienced in the world, but especially here in New York City. So the first point I wanted to mention is that many Americans, we work too much. Now, I've never been in a situation where I've had to work 60 hours or 80 hours or anything like that, but I've seen other people do it and I've seen the toll that it takes on a person's not just physical, but mental, emotional, and spiritual state. And a lot of us are just working, 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 working constantly, especially men. So I was able to find some, some statistics and I want to share them with you. So from American Progress, it says that in 1960, only 20% of mothers worked. And today, 70% of American children live in households where all the adults are working. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, 75% of those women who are in the workforce at this time are working full-time. Also, the United States is the only country without national parental leave benefits. As opposed to places outside of Europe that sometimes give 12 weeks of paid leave and places in Europe that give even more than 20 weeks paid leave. The U.S. does not have a set maximum length of work during the week, even though 134 other countries do. 85.8% of men and 66.5% of women work more than 40 hours a week. 
Also, according to the International Labor Organization, Americans work 137 more hours per year than Japanese workers, 260 more hours per year than British workers, and 499 more hours per year than French workers. There is no legally mandated annual leave, as opposed to places in France and Finland who receive up to about 30 days of mandatory leave for vacation and so forth. So as you can see, the United States is pretty behind than a lot of other developed countries when it comes to work and allowing people to take off more time for their families, for their children, but also just to have vacation. And why do Americans work so much? Well, it's kind of hard to pinpoint that because there's so many different factors. But these are some things that I thought of. And one of those things, excuse me, one of those things is that America is very materialistic. And we tend to like a lot of things. And things cost money. And there's also a lot of advertisement for those things. Constant, constant millions and millions of dollars are generated to give us, the consumers, advertisements. And they know what we like because they watch what we put online. They watch what we are already buying. And they do a lot of psychology and a lot of research on what Americans like, especially in particular women, because they know women are very big consumers of things, including things that we don't eat. <laughs> so I believe that's one aspect. You, we all heard the term keeping up with the Joneses. We want to have a better car, better house, uh, more things, nicer things, better hair, better nails, just overall better than the next person. And even though we may not verbally say that, or consciously think it, a lot of times subconsciously we are buying things and um, stacking up things in order for us to look better than the next person. Maybe not even necessarily in the competition, but just so people can see us a certain way. And of course, we should always put our best foot forward. We should look nice. We should be presentable. But I think the problem comes in when we're spending money that we don't have or spending money that can go to a better worthy cause like saving up for a rainy day like now, or um, sharing more to those who are less fortunate, maybe saving up for our children when they get older so they can have money, we can have generational wealth, things of that sort. I think the problem comes when we're not doing those things, but we're spending it on things that we don't need constantly. I think that's when it can become a problem. Another thing that I was thinking about is the cost of living and how expensive it is to live, especially here in New York City. I know Boston is very expensive as well. Los Angeles is very expensive as well. So there are some places where it's very expensive to live. So a lot of the income that you gain from your employment, a lot of it goes towards rent or mortgage. And then you still have to buy food. You still have to pay for utilities. You still have to pay for transportation and just things you need around the house. You know, you have uh, taxes that come out of your income. You have health care. That's another thing that I didn't write down here, but health care is also very expensive. And a lot of people get money taken out of their income for that, and then they still may have to come out of their pocket for more things when it comes to health care as far as medication or different um, emergency services, specialty um, services that may not be covered by their insurance, or maybe it does, but it's still money that they have to still pay so it can get really expensive to live in this country 
um, education is also very expensive. So I would include that in the cost of living because a lot of people need a degree to do certain things. And unfortunately, a lot of people are getting degrees and they're spending thousands of dollars, but they're still not able to find any work, right? So even with a degree, you can still find yourself not making enough money in order to pay the cost of living. So that's a whole nother story, but I just was thinking about how expensive it can be to live here in America. Also, a lot of times I believe that in America we don't really deal with mental health as much as we should. I know it's getting better, but there's a lot more improvement that needs to be done as far as mental health. And when we're not dealing with mental health, we tend to spend money on a lot of other things that um, can be used to cover up as for, as, as for example, buying, buying clothes, traveling, um, just spending money on this and spending our money on that. And it may not necessarily be a bad thing, but when we're using it to cover up deeper issues, it's only a band-aid. And then we'll find, constantly find ourselves spending and spending and spending trying to continue to cover up wounds that we're not really dealing with. So that's another thing that I believe Americans are consuming a lot of things for as well because it gives you a sense of security, a sense of comfort. But um, those things are not going to cover up a lot of deeper things. And that's why we see a lot of times when people lose the things that they have, they become so devastated. And of course, we all gonna, we're all going to feel some type of way if we lose things that we love. But I think it's a difference between I'm, I'm upset versus I don't know what I'm going to do with myself anymore because you put so much of yourself into these things or you use these things to hide behind as opposed to actually sitting with yourself and doing with yourself. So that's another thing that I believe that a lot of Americans do. I can't say that other places don't do that, but I see it a lot with Americans, especially in the big cities. And also Americans value working hard. That's also a historical thing. The whole, you know, work hard and work hard and work hard. If you work hard, it'll pay off. And a lot of our grandparents and great-grandparents had this mindset, and it actually did work for some of them, you know, working really, really hard, staying in the same job for 30, 40 years, getting a pension, retiring. But we all know that that's really changing. There are a lot of people who work not harder but smarter, and they're making more money than people who are working 60 hours a week, unless you're an accountant then you're probably making good money <laughs> or a doctor or something like that or a lawyer. But a lot of people are working, 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 and they're still making very, very, very low amount of income, right? So working hard is not necessarily going to get you more success if you're not working smart as well. And also, unless it's necessary, all this working hard, working hard, working hard, is it actually allowing you to have a quality of life? A lot of times it's not. It's affecting your health. And it's also affecting your relationships. So you're working so hard to have all these things, to have this nice house, these things that you can't even enjoy because you're always working. So I think that's something that um, we need to think about as Americans. Um, the second point is that um, I believe that there's too much running. Constant running, 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 running. And that leads to a lot of stress, especially here in New York City. People are constantly running here, running there, running there. Everything is so fast-paced. And I believe this can lead to long-term stress. And this can also be related to working a lot as well. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, long-term stress is more constant than acute stress. And long-term stress does not allow the body to return to, a, to actually to receive a clear signal 
as far as, okay, it's time for me to go back to normal functioning because your body is so used to you constantly being stressed day in and day out. This can affect your immune system, your digestive system, cardiovascular, sleep, and reproductive systems as well. And it can also lead to depression and mental um, anxiety and other forms of mental health disorders. And there are different types of stress according to very well mind. I could be messing this up, but you stressed. E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. This is a fun and exciting type of stress that keeps you energized. Like if you're trying to meet a deadline at work, it's not really, really too stressful, but it kind of gives you some adrenaline. Or if you're skiing, you're trying to play a sport, you have an end goal. That's the kind of stress that can be really, really good. Then you have acute stress, which is like a short-term stress. And this can be either positive or distressing. And this is usually day-to-day stress that we tend to have. Then is episodic acute stress, which is acute stress that seems to run rampant and creates a life of relative chaos. So this is a little bit more, a little more constant. And then you have chronic stress, which is stress that seems to be never-ending and inescapable. And this type of stress is constant day in and day out stress. And this can usually stem from things in your childhood that you've experienced as far as trauma, adult trauma. And it can also stem from having a marriage that's been going on for a very long time. A lot of marital problems or maybe you've been in a work, workplace for 10, 15 years and it's been constant stress day in and day out. These levels of stress really, really affect you much, much more. Because they're so constant. Stress, how it affects the body? Well, it triggers the body's response to perceived threat, danger, which is basically the fight or flight. And it increases adrenaline and cortisol is released within the body. It speeds the heart rate, it slows digestion, it shuts blood flow to major muscle groups, and it changes various nervous functions in the body. So this is good for like, if you need to fight, you need to protect yourself from somebody else, or you need, you know, that everyday boost to get you to do something that you need to do that's really important. If it's an emergency, things like that. But if this is something that you're experiencing every single day, this can really, really take a toll on you. And a lot of times we're not dealing with stress, so we just go to things like eating a lot, smoking. This is also on the very well mindset. And then I added some few things. Things like alcohol, unhealthy sex habits, isolation, overindulging and hanging out with other people and going to this event, that event, so we don't have to deal with ourselves. Because some people do one extreme or the other or they do a little bit of both. And they kind of go back and forth where they isolate and then they overindulge with other people. And also too much technology. I believe that's a really big thing right now. Where a lot of people, because they're stressed, they're constantly on their phone, social media, and I've done it too. You know, so it's really easy to just pick up your phone, go on your computer, and not really deal with yourself and the things that you're going through. And um, that can be an issue for a lot of people. Now, this constant stress can lead to things like diabetes, hair loss, heart disease, hyperthyroidism, obesity. 
sexual dysfunction, tooth and gum disease, and ulcers. It can also affect the metabolism and hormones and affect weight, which affects weight. So a lot of people tend to gain a lot of weight when they're stressed. Some people lose, but I think majority of people tend to gain a lot of weight. So I kind of wanted to share those two things. I'm going to come back and I'm going to share one more point. But the first point, I believe that America is working way, 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 way too hard. And also that we are dealing with a lot of stress. And a lot of times those two things go hand in hand. So I'll be right back. And I'm going to talk about the last point, And then we're going to wrap it all in and tie it to everything that's going on now. I'll be back. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, it's your girl Desiree. I just wanted to quickly let you know that you can still go to drmission.org and you can pick up some Dr. Mission's colon cleanse and also some CMOS. I know that this is a great time to improve your immune system. A lot of our immune system is in our digestive system. So this is a really good time to go there and grab some. And if you use the code choose to live healthier when you go to the checkout, you will receive 10% off your order. If you are in New York City, you can also pick it up at a health store. So you can also go to the website and you can check to see the different stores that sell the Dr. Mission's cleanse. But the CMOS, you need to get that online. So yeah. But once again, drmission.org, use the code choose to live healthier when you go to checkout and you will receive 10% off your order. Hope that it works well for you and let me know how it goes so I can post about it on Instagram. And of course, if you want, you can remain anonymous. Take care. Hey everyone, it's your girl Desiree. I'm back with the rest of the episode entitled When Balance Knocks on Your Door. In the first segment of this episode, I talked about Americans here in the United States and how we overwork and we think this is normal because we do it all the time but when we compare it to a lot of other developed countries we see that we are yeah we're way behind when it comes to uh that area also we talked about stress and how there are different types of stress and how stress can be good but when we having chronic stress it can lead to a lot of issues and sometimes we also use unhealthy ways of dealing with stress. So that was basically what I talked about in the first segment of this episode. So I um, wanted to finish up and talk about self-care and how I believe that a lot of us are lacking in self-care. Now, a lot of this is due to the fact that a lot of us are not spending enough time by ourselves. And I understand everybody's not an introvert. I'm an introvert. So spending time with myself is a joy. It never used to always be because I used to always be constantly running from myself and not wanting to deal with myself. But when I decided to start working on myself and spending time with myself, then I started realizing, wow, I actually love being by myself. I've always been an introvert since I was a child. So it is my personality. But um, even people who are extroverts, there should still be some time that you spend with yourself. So it's really, really important to get to know yourself, be comfortable with yourself. Also, a lot of times we are too dependent on a lot of external things like technology, other people, food, just it can even be religion. It can be anything that we are using in an unhealthy way to try to like hide behind where we don't actually deal with ourselves and that can be another issue. A lot of us are also not taking care of our health. 
our physical health, our emotional health, our mental health, our spiritual health, a lot of us are just really not doing that. And um, that's why a lot of people now, they're freaking out with everything that's going on with the virus because they're like, well, if I get sick, what if I get sick? But if we've been spending all of the time working on our immune system, working on our mind, working on our emotions, working on everything, then we would not be in panic. Yes, we would be concerned. Yes, we may be discouraged, but we wouldn't be in panic because we know we've been preparing for this all the time, right? So if you know your immune system is strong, if you know your mind is strong, if you know your emotions are intact and you know how to control your emotions, if you know that you're at this place of balance and peace, then you're able to weather this storm much easier than people who are not. So this is why it's important for us to constantly be working on ourselves. Of course, we have our off days. We have our days when we may not eat the healthiest or feel the best. It's normal, especially when it comes to mental health. We're not going to always feel happy, especially if you have mental disorder or things like that. But if we strive every day to work on ourselves, we can get better. And um, that can be very, very helpful, not just for that point, but also for when things like this come up so we can better handle it. And also, if we don't spend enough time with ourselves, we also won't see the things that we need to improve on as far as um, our character and who we are as a person, right? So the more time we spend with ourselves, we realize, wow, there's a lot of stuff in my childhood that I haven't healed from. There's a lot of stuff from my adulthood that I've been through that I never dealt with. Or there's things in my character that are not that, not that good or need to be strengthened, right? So we'll see these things more when we actually start spending more time with ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And then we can be a better service to other people. A lot of us are pouring from an empty, empty cup. But we need to also make sure that we are being filled, right? So that's basically what I wanted to say about that. And um, basically, I wanted to talk about this because I, I see a lot of people in panic. I see a lot of people in chaos. And my concern is that there are people who are playing off of the fear of other people. They know that people are afraid. They know people don't want to get sick. People don't want to die. People are afraid they're going to lose their money. They're going to lose this. They're going to lose that. And because so many people are imbalanced physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, there are people who take advantage of this. And they're seeking to exploit people, control people, sway people, right? They know people are going to be more open to accepting whatever they hear, whatever they see, because they're desperate, because they're panicking. They just want an answer. Please tell us, please tell us, please tell us, what should we do? What should we do? I was watching um, WebMD the other day on Instagram, and they were talking to the general public on Instagram. And people were in the comments saying, am I going to die? Can you die from this? What should I do? What should I do? And a lot of the questions that people were asking were like basic questions. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, people are really not researching for themselves. And a lot of these people are at home for weeks and they're not researching anything. I mean, you have the internet. We need to start learning to think for ourselves. We need to start learning to research for ourselves. I'm not saying don't look at the CDC, World Health Organization. I can't even speak. World Health Organization. National Institute of Health. I mean, you even see that I use statistics. I use it on my website. Of course, it's a time and place for that. But there's also a time for you to also research for yourself and see whether what you're reading and what you're seeing makes sense. And also to understand what you're reading, right? So nobody can easily sway you and manipulate you and control you because you don't really know what's going on. You know, so it's very important to read for yourself, to question, 
see me, I've always been the type of person to question everything. When I was a child, it kind of got on my grandma's nerves. But I'm glad that I was like that. Because I never believed in Santa Claus, never believed in a tooth fairy. I just was the type of child that was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. This don't add up. How Santa's going to come down the chimney if we live in an apartment building? How does Santa even know that I'm here when I usually live over here, but I'm staying over here for Christmas? It was just so many questions I had. Because I'm like, you guys are telling me things and I don't believe it. It doesn't make any sense. You know, so from an early age, I've always been that way. And I think it's just so important. And I understand everybody's not like that. So I try to encourage people to think for themselves. Some people might say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist or you're, you're you know, whatever. I don't care. I'd rather be a conspiracy theorist than be a sheep than be, than be somebody who's easily swayed. Because at least if I know that I'm wrong, I can say, okay, I was wrong. But I'd rather search it and question it than to just go with it and find out that I was um, easily swayed and then it affected my life because I didn't take responsibility. I have to take responsibility for my own health, my own life. I cannot put that in the hands of another human being, right? Now, if you're doing it, putting your hands in God's hands, that's different. But we're putting our lives in other people, and that's a dangerous thing. We have to read, read research, watch things for ourselves. Even when I watch people that are free thinkers like me and who question things, I even question what they say. Because I don't know where they got their stuff from, right? So we have to, it doesn't mean that, you know, everything they put out there is wrong. No, some of it is true. But we have to be careful. And also, they can use statistics that are true and use it as a way to spread lies. You know, they can say, oh, this amount of people have this amount of thing. And then we can say, okay, that's true. But then they use that to support a certain political decision or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, but that doesn't, the way that you're flipping it, that's not really what it was when they studied that. You're using that to further your cause, but that's not really what it was about. You're just using that to further your cause. So even when it is true facts, we still have to question how people are using those facts. Because in history, we've seen people take actual facts and actual law and use it against people. So we have to be careful. Even when things are factual, we still have to question, okay, well, how is this being used? Who was studied in this experiment? Why was it studied? What was the outcome? What was the limitations? What did they find? What did they not find? How many people did they study? Like I said earlier, like all those things we have to question because it's so important. And maybe you might say you don't care. Okay. But I'd rather be safe and question things. So at least I know, okay, I was wrong, but at least now I know. And you don't lose because at least you always learn something new by searching. You always see things from a different perspective, even if you were wrong. So you never lose by researching for yourself. You never lose, but you can lose so much, even your life, by just going along with things and not questioning what you're hearing, what you're seeing. Because even things that you see with your own eyes can even be deceptive. <laughs> so we have to really be, and that's why we have to work on ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So we can discern things, even when it comes to things that we see. Because sometimes things can be even deeper on a spiritual level. And we don't see it because we're not spiritually mature. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope that this gains more balance to people. For those of you who are still getting paid and you get to stay home. I hope you use this time to really catch up on some sleep, work on yourself, 
Work on the different parts of you that you need to work on. You know your goals, your aspirations. If you don't, spend some time and start writing things down and figuring out what you want to do with your life. This is a great time to really improve yourself. Even if it's, like I said, just catching up on sleep. Even if it's spending more time with your children because you haven't been doing so because you've been working so much. We need to be utilizing this time the best that we can. And you also want to research. Because these things, what's happening right now is not going to get better. It's getting worse. And that sounds pessimistic, but it is. I don't believe it's going to last forever, but I do believe it's going to get worse. So we can't handle the time that we're in now. A lot of us are still comfortably in our houses and we're safe. Then how are we going to handle things in life if things were chaotic? If we didn't have any food? If we were unsafe? Then what would we do if we can't handle this? A lot of these things are tests in their preparation for times that are going to come, even in our personal lives, that are going to be very trying. And these are opportunities for us to see, how am I going to handle it? And if I'm unable to handle it, what can I do to improve myself so that when these trials come, I can overcome them? I can overcome them. So I hope that this has been helpful. My uh, encouragement goes out to those who are sick. And I'm not talking about those necessarily who have the virus, but just sick in general, because those people tend to be very worried. Um, so I would encourage you to look into the CMOS and the cleanse. I've been slacking. I've been doing a lot of other things. I've had my other herbs and other things that I'm doing, but I do need to do the cleanse as well. Sometimes when you're doing so many different things, you're like, oh yeah, I haven't been doing that. I haven't been doing that. So I do have my elderberry. I have my um, echinacea. I have some respiratory health stuff for my lungs and things like that. So I have different things here that I use and I'm going to buy a few more things. But um, I do need to do the cleanse more because <laughs> it actually really, really is good. And I think that um, soon I'm going to do a show talking about some of the improvements that I've actually seen taking it. But I want to take it much more consistently so I can give a full view of it. But I've already seen improvements ever since I started taking it. So, yeah. So I hope you go ahead and you try the cleanse out for yourself. So take care and I will be back with another episode. I hope everybody stays safe. I hope that you seek to gain a place of balance within all the chaos that's going on. And yeah, I hope everything is going to uh, go well for you. And even if it doesn't, it's not the end. It's just a test as things will turn around. So we can gain something in every experience of our lives. And I'm speaking from somebody who's been through some very, 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 very traumatic experiences in my life. And I'm still here to talk about it. I'm still okay. I'm doing okay. So I can say from experience that I know that things will be okay. Um, so take care. And I hope that you come back for another episode. Bye.